Welcome back to the second hour of the Tobler Show. As we hold forth with producer Max Boise, who's going to teach me, I'm sure, over the, our tenure here over the next weeks and months about yeah. the movies. I'm going to try. I'm going to... I was talking with Max the other day, and he was very kind to me. I said, you know, I I struggle with some of the really... They're good movies, but they're in-depth. They, they drain you, you know, some of the very emotional, heart-wrenching movies, and they're making a lot of those these days. Um, and I just, like, I, I watched this Chris Pratt movie called, what is it, The Tomorrow War? The Tomorrow War on Amazon. On Prime. Amazon, and I thought... I enjoyed it. My wife and I just were like, oh, this was really good. But now I know for a movie aficionado mm-hmm. like you, yeah. are you a member of the St. Louis Movie Critics Guild? Yes, What's sir, that I called? What's uh, it? It's the uh, St. Louis uh, Film Critics Association. Yes. Yeah, you got Mark Reardon, you got yeah. uh, Carl Middleman, you got right. myself, right. Tom O'Keefe, a whole bunch of local people. St. Louis Film Critics Association. Film Critic Association. Yep. Okay. The SL. I mean, obviously, I'm the you know ultimate member here. Well, there's no doubt. I, I mean-, mean when, I don't want to say I'm the president, but I mean, I probably am. When you walk not, in the room, not actually the, yeah, every, the heads turn. <laughs> yes. The, the, the genuflection is... Hushed tones, like, yes. oh, wow, it's Foisy. Yeah. You know. Well, speaking of genuflection <laughs> and mastery, Chris Arps, my good friend from the TCC show, as it seems, it looks like that's the hashtag that's developing for the Tim, Chris, and Tony show, isn't it? So it's not TCT, it's TCC? Is that right? TCT? Uh, TCT, CTT, TCT, whatever. I don't know. As long as yeah. people tune in at three twenty every afternoon, Monday through Friday. Well, Chris, as, as I told you uh, previously, it's it should be called TNT because you guys are dynamite. I mean, it is a great show. I love it. I love it. It is a great chemistry, Thank and you. it's so good to to just hear the back and forth and 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 the the depth in which you guys go into the into things. I now, mean, it's great, except for Tony. Let's just be honest. Well, that's right. We we put up with Tony. <laughs> we tolerate Tony. That's okay. Well, but you know, we, hey. I want to val- I want to validate before we start here what a great uh, movie reviewer Max is because is. Max agreed with me yesterday that Kevin <laughs> Costner is the worst actor in the world. Who is so that? He's, he's fantastic. <laughs> Kevin Costner, terrible actor. Really good movies. Yes, terrible actor. Good movie, terrible <laughs> actor. <laughs> well, um, so Chris, I have to ask you. Um, I'm I'm curious because I think in cons- it's interesting how. You know, Democrats slash progressives slash, you know, however you want to label, they tend to be fairly monolithic on any given issue, right? And that's why they've had the success they've had, whether it's been on the Green New Deal or on immigration or on the economy or whatever. I mean, they get their way because they always wake up every morning, they get the talking points piped into their earbuds, and they (laughs) spew them out. But when it comes to conservatives, and I don't even want to put conservatives and Republicans in the same boat anymore after this infrastructure bill, but... I think when it comes to Afghanistan and what is the right thing for America to do, there are a lot of valid positions. We're going to talk with Jim Talent in the next hour. There are people that say, hey, total isolationism. I know Jim is not in that camp, but I'm anxious to see where he's at. Where is Chris Arps at when it comes to Afghanistan and what's going on over there? Look, I am with most Americans that feel war-weary of being over in Afghanistan for 20 years. I agree with that. But I think that the way that we're doing this is, in or- is unorderly, and I think that it's going to cause us more problems in the long run. Dr. Tober, I was nine years old in 1975 when uh, you know we evacuated from Saigon, uh-huh. and I never thought in my lifetime that I would see uh, memories like that again. But I think we're going to see that similarly in Afghanistan in the coming weeks. 
Let me. Can I read you something that happened on July eighth? The, the, Mr. Pre- the president was Please. asked, Mr. President, some Vietnamese veterans see echoes of their experience in this withdrawal in Afghanistan. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling? And then it got, it got cut off. This is the president on July 8th. None whatsoever, zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy, six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the South, the North Vietnamese Army. They're not. They're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There are going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It's not at all comparable. Biden also said the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning and everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. Here it is. Here that it is, July Chris. 8th. Here it is. Take a listen. For example, it started off there were going to be negotiations between the Taliban and the Afghan National Security Forces and the Afghan government that that didn't come to didn't come to fruition. So the question now is, where do they go from here? That the jury is still out. But the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. First of all, Chris Arps, I'm going to say this just because I'm from St. Louis, where we say (laughs) where we say Highway 40 and FARC. Right. the Taliban, the Taliban goes to the poppy field. I am so tired of, I am so tired of him channeling Obama. Taliban, oh my God, what is it about that that just it's like it's like fingernails on the chalkboard, Chris? But you're so right. I mean, what is with this man? I mean, clearly he's not cognitively together, but there are people who have, I mean, their neurons are firing. They're just Mm -hmm. misfiring, and it's all the way from the generals that are advising, obviously. I mean, I don't know. I've never been a warrior. I've never served. But everyone that I respect that knows anything about war and how to fight it is you don't telegraph when you're withdrawing. (laughs) Right? And he said we were going to be out by what? September 11th of all all dates. Are you kidding me? This is crazy, Chris. I think two clips that we're going to see next year during the election – is one is uh, is uh, from the president saying that it's highly unlikely that the Taliban is going to overrun Afghanistan, and the second I think is Cory Bush saying to people, uh, oh. "Suck it up" yeah. when she has private uh, uh, security. I think those are two clips that we're going to see over and over and over next year during the elections. Yeah, yeah. We're talking with Chris Arps, uh, of course. Uh, I, I I call them the. The TNT, but really it's TCT on uh, News Talk STL every day right after the Bill O'Reilly uh, moment there. About a quarter hour at 3 o'clock, and then you guys carry forth, and it's a great, great drive yeah. time in the afternoon. Thank um, you, Dr. What, um What do you make of the, the, the onslaught and the success in the face of, I think, all polling when it let, well let's just talk about uh, the, 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 vote, the voting law, right? People mm-hmm. want voter ID. But yet, for some reason, the legislature being driven by the far left is getting their way. That doesn't normally happen in America. What What is happening where a fringe element has become so powerful in a movement, uh, in a political party? I, I think it's, it's really unusual, don't you? Yeah, it is unusual. I mean, you really just have the squad and you have uh, the chick down, Stacey Abrams down in Georgia, and a few others that are basically running this party. Um, they have Nancy Pelosi uh, uh, under a barrel. Um, whatever they threaten, 
Um, she seems to 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 relent. Um, we had yesterday where you know you had nine moderate uh, House Republicans that said that they're not going to vote on the on the blue on the uh, budget blueprint unless the infrastructure bill is passed first. And now you have these the squad that are throwing a monkey wrench and saying that they are going to uh, not support this bill. So Nancy Pelosi has had uh, has had a lot of flack from her from her left side for the last couple of cycles, and I don't see that uh, changing anytime soon. It's just it's just crazy. And then bringing it close to home, I wonder what your thoughts, I, I talked about it in the first hour, and it caught my attention. I was looking at the, the St. Louis uh, Most Attached, I mean Post-Dispatch, and, um, and I saw this story about a Webster Groves uh, a gentleman, a homeowner, who had an intruder, mm-hmm. a single intruder come in, and he asked him to leave. He didn't, and he killed him with a shotgun. And interestingly, the police, at least as far as the, the last uh, version of the story that I've seen, uh, they said it'll be updated, but they had not charged him. They hadn't done anything. Um, quiet Webster grows, Chris Arps. I mean, you know, uh, we're seeing we're seeing rampant crime. Um, people somehow have, well, I, I think I'd like you to analyze. Why is it that mm-hmm. more and more people think they can get away with more and more these days? Well, I think part of it is just one is the whole defund the police uh, movement. And, you know, criminals are not the smartest people in the world because they don't get jobs and they commit crimes, but they're not absolutely dumb. They pay attention to the news. Um, they hear what's going on in the street, and they know that there is conflict between the mayor of St. Louis and the police department and the police chief. They know that the officers on the street are demoralized, and they don't feel that they're getting their support, uh, enough support. Um, we see even little things um, that's going on in the city where you see people aren't paying attention to uh, traffic lights and, and traffic laws. Yeah. That seems to be out of control. You know, I just read something this morning about the Minneapolis Police Department that said that they're not going to stop people anymore for minor traffic violations. And as you know, Randy, a lot of times that's how you find dangerous right. criminals yes, sir. through broken taillight or, yeah. yes. or, or, or a license plate coming back. So I think the criminals just know that it's uh, Katie by the door. They can do whatever they want, and, and they're doing that. So as as an African-American, Chris, I have to ask you, mm-hmm. what are your feelings? Because it, it, empirically, the the now abandoned policy, which has resulted to absolute chaos in, in, in New mm-hmm. York City, of stop and ask, you know, um, that, and, well, stop and frisk in some cases. But sure. how do you feel about that? Do you think that, did you take that as a racial um, a racial policy, a systemically racist policy, was that a criminally, a criminal justice-wise uh, justified policy? And and should something like that, or at least the cop on the street asking questions and, you know, looking under the, under the hood, as it were, should that return to our communities throughout St. Louis, whether it's urban or suburban? I think it should. Look, it can be construed as racist if it seems like the people that you are stopping and frisking are, are, are African-American. But I, I think you just have to take into account of where most of the crime is, is taking place. And if a lot of the crime is taking place in North St. Louis and, uh, you know, that's where uh, the police are and they see someone that looks suspicious, more than likely, you know, it's going to be a black person that they are are, are stopping and frisking because that's where the crime is. I mean, that's just a fact. But I think if you ask most African Americans that live in those communities, they support the police. They support stop and frisk. 
measures to help keep them safe. I think it's something that we need to to bring back. And I think uh, Mayor Giuliani and, and the folks in New York were correct when they had their broken window policing policies back in yeah. uh, 20 years ago. They worked. Oh, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. why is it that I, it, I just I have to pinch myself over and over, Chris, when, yes, has have there been mistakes in America's past? Yes. Have there been astounding amazing triumphs, whether it's economically, whether it's the rule of law, whether it's, uh, you know, culturally in so many regards, Mm -hmm. uh, elevating, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. So why is it that so many Americans, particularly on the left and those who maybe aren't attuned and don't really think about history too much and only listen to the negative interpretation of history that they hear, why is it that people can't you know, we always talk about if you if you don't learn from history, you know, you'll you'll repeat mm-hmm. it. Well, that applies to the bad, but it also applies to the good of history. And and what what troubles me is we are not looking from an economic sense about okay, if you rain money on the people, inflation is going to eat up your wage increase. If you don't, if the if the police officers aren't uh, allowed to do their job and the prosecutors don't follow through, mm-hmm. you're going to have crime rampant. What? Is it our educational system that is preventing common sense empiricism? What is it, Chris? I can't figure it out. I think one of it is human beings naturally kind of tend towards the negative. I also think you can, you know, apply the media and and school and being indoctrinated. You know, I'll tell you a short story. About a few years ago, I was picking up my uh, goddaughter from her uh, junior high. And so while I was waiting for her to come down uh, from class, I was speaking with uh, one of the secretaries that was in the office. And at that time, the movie 42 had come out, you know, the movie about Jackie Robinson and and, and, and infiltrating baseball. Mm -hmm. And I remember the the lady, she asked me, had had I saw the movie? And I said, yeah, I saw it. It was a great movie. And she said to me, she's like, wasn't it horrible just all of the racial and bad things that happened back then? And this is a woman that was probably in her early 60s. I said, yeah, it was terrible. But I said, look at how far we've come, though. I mean, uh, segregation is gone. We've elected a black president. We've had all of these strides. And Dr. Tobler, that woman looked at me like I had a horn growing out of my head (laughs) and that I said the most profound thing in the world. And she said, you know, I never thought of it that way before. I mean, can you believe that? Here's a 60-year-old woman that has always looked at just the negative aspects of America, but never looked at our progress. It's so amazing. And and, and as a a, a, a 60-plus-year-old guy who grew up when there were serious systemic, you know, racial problems in this country, Mm -hmm. I am so over it myself that it makes me even more offended when I'm told I'm systemically racist. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like... Are, yeah. you, are you guys going to ever let it go? Is, you know what I mean? It's just it's just crazy. Now, you mentioned a horn growing out of your head, and I'm going to have to move on here. Uh, because we're talking, but, I but think you, I know where we're going here. Well, look, I promise you, I have a vaccine with me. And it, look, I'm always willing, and I guarantee you, you won't grow a horn out of your head, Chris Arps, if you get a vaccine. <laughs> it's a running joke that Chris and I have. Is that a guarantee? Guaranteed, man. I got you. Oh, I'll tell you what. If you grow a horn out of your head, I know a good plastic surgeon and we'll get you covered. Okay, great. (laughs) Hey, Chris, thanks for everything you do for for the for the right talk. And by that, I mean by talking the right way and getting out the, the message that true 
conservatism lives, and you can communicate it so well. And every uh, every Monday through Friday on the TCT show, I call it the TNT show. Uh, Chris Arps, you do a great job. Thanks for for being with me. Thank you guys for giving me a good laugh this Saturday. All righty, take care. Have a great rest of the show. We will. Thank you. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk with Zach Smith from Heritage. He's a uh, legal analyst and a legal fellow there about uh, some uh, interesting things. Judge uh, Amy Coney Barrett ruled against Indiana U students that didn't want to get vaccinated and uh, other legal things going on in our in our time. So we'll talk with him from Heritage. You're listening to News Talk STL 1019-941 and 991-HD3. Stay tuned. Welcome back. 27 after the hour. We ran a little late there with Chris Arps, but I always have a good time and I have to, of course, I have to cajole Chris a little bit. He's he's good sport about the vaccination. You can thing. blame me. That's fine. Oh, okay. you know. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'll own it. Us conservatives, we own our gaps. Well, Zach Smith is a legal fellow at the Mies Center at uh, Heritage, and we want to talk with him about a few legal items that are on my mind. How you doing this morning, Zach? Thanks for joining me. I'm doing okay. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, so there's a lot of uh, controversy swirling around. We have a lot of things I want to touch on, but the thing that uh, that caught my attention was Amy Coney Barrett is catching a lot of heat from conservatives that thought she was going to be just a slam dunk, always in the voice of freedom and conservatism, and the anti-vaxxers are not happy because uh, she's going to side with Indiana University uh, against uh, some students that said, you can't force me to get a an unapproved experimental vaccine. What say you, Zach? Yeah, you know, whenever these is it came to the Supreme Court as an emergency petition, you know, these students at Indiana University were asking the court to intervene uh, and basically stop the university from forcing them to, to get vaccinated in order to attend. And what Justice Barrett did, uh, she basically denied their request for an emergency injunction uh, that would prohibit the University of Indiana from implementing their vaccine requirement. Uh, And she did it without asking the other justices. And so what this means from a practical perspective is that at least in the immediate future, the uh, university can continue uh, to require uh, the students to be vaccinated before they attend. Now, the students can continue to pursue their case on the merits before the Supreme Court, uh, but you know that's uh, not likely to do them any good uh, since the semester will already be well underway uh, before the court would consider uh, even taking up the case on the merits. So was there any discussion that was valid over this just because of the emergency use authorization? Because I think about, my goodness, uh, across the land, it's standard operating procedure that before you go to college, you have to have a meningitis vaccine if you're going to be in a dorm and this and that. I mean, right. it's so what what was unusual that gave this this uh, plead pleading any standing at all? Was that it uh, solely? Well, it's certainly, you know, that certainly was one of the concerns, you know, that this hasn't received full FDA approval yet. Uh, but the court uh, re- really relies on a case from 1905 called Jacobson v. Massachusetts uh, that basically discussed this idea, you know, of whether or not, uh, you know, the state could require you to be vaccinated for certain purposes. And so, you know, that's still good case law. That seems to be what's driving a lot of the court's decisions in this area. And so, you know, it'll certainly be interesting uh, to to watch how it plays out. But you are absolutely right, Randy. Uh, you know, this uh, schools can require a broad array of vaccines 
uh, before you, you attend classes. Yeah. Max and I were talking about, I wonder how many people who are blaming their vaccine resistance on the fact that it's not fully FDA approved. Um, I wonder how many how many of them will get it the minute they'll rush to their nearest clinic or pharmacy or doc's office. Probably not many. Because I'm, wait a minute now, you're telling me you vaccine <laughs> resistor that you don't trust the government. But yet when the government organization approves it, then you're going to be OK with that. I mean, there's a logical fallacy, isn't there, Zach? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, it certainly seems like it. And, you know, from based on everything we're hearing. You know, it seems like FDA approval is imminent. You know, we're hearing that the military, once FDA approval is given, is going to require vaccines for military members. And so I would suspect, you know, uh, legally at that point, uh, you know, I would suspect any claimed students or others, uh, you know, like folks in the military might have would uh, would substantially weaken. Well, as long as we're talking vaccine, I haven't been able to talk to a legal expert about about a question. There's been a lot of criticism uh, from well, from even people who support vaccines that look a little bit askew and raise an eyebrow um, or both <laughs> about the fact that the manufacturers were given, um, I don't know how full, whether it was total blanket immunity, but relative immunity from any liability uh, coming out of use of the vaccine. Is that unprecedented or do we see that kind of a thing in these kind of situations when uh, the government needs to take rapid action in partnership with private enterprise and private enterprise needs some protections to go forth and take that risk? Yeah, I mean, look, this was certainly developed in a unique fashion. You know, typically, you know, doctors, drug makers, you know, other manufacturers of goods can be held liable if they're um you know, if their product malfunctions or causes harm to you. But because this was uh, enacted very quickly in an emergency situation, you know, I think that's why the government uh, saw fit to indemnify these manufacturers to a certain extent. And, you know, this isn't completely unique. You see this come up a lot of times uh, uh, in the military context. If a defense contractor, you know, develops a product in conjunction with the military, if they develop it to the military's specifications, you know, they make changes according to the military's needs and wants, then in that case, a lot of times, you know, those manufacturers will not be held liable if that product then, you know, malfunctions or someone is injured by it. And so there is precedent uh, for this type of, you know, indemnification taking place. Well, and as I think about it, as as a doc, I think about Good Samaritan laws that are across the land. I think about in many states like Missouri have given to varying degrees some immunity against hospitals, businesses. Uh, The last legislature, legislative session here in Missouri, they did that. Uh, That and there's always language in there that says if you have taken you business owner or hospital administrator have taken. I don't know whether the word is reasonable precautions, but, you know, as long as you've not been reckless in your behavior, we're going to give you some protection if someone claims that they came in, they got a blood draw at your facility, let's say at my hospital, and three days later they come down with COVID. We're going to give you some leeway there. And I think that's that's a common sense thing. And I think most people are are pretty, you know, satisfied with that. That's why I was comfortable with it. And I wonder if the manufacturers would have gone forward with developing not a new technology, mRNA is not new, it's the d- delivery vehicle that was a little new, if they would have gone forward with such gusto had it not been for that indemnification, you know? 
Right. I, I mean, that's certainly a big incentive to, uh, you know, especially pharmaceutical companies when they are developing things on a rapid, uh, you know, rapid right. case basis. You know, obviously, this has not received full FDA approval yet. You know, so the normal I don't want to say the normal, but, you know, the standard testing and approval procedure was shortened because of the emergency use authorization. Um, so it certainly was a, a very uh, important carrot, I think, to get the manufacturers. We're, we're talking with Zach Smith and his uh, your is it at TZ Smith? Is that your Twitter handle? TZ? It is. Yeah, it is at TZ Smith from Heritage. Now, I know from Heritage, you probably love uh, free markets and, you know, uh, limited regulation. <laughs> and and you know what? I'm I'm thrilled that um, whenever I have someone who points to this indemnification, so see, see that they're going to be protected and I can't trust it. I, I'm like, uh, and usually these are conservatives. These are so self-proclaimed conservatives that are leery. I'm like, Look, if I'm the president of Pfizer, if I'm the president of R&D, if I'm the CEO of Pfizer, Moderna, you know, BioNTech, uh, J&J, do you think I'm going to roll something out that's going to trash my brand forever? I mean, there's always the there's always the specter of, of, um, of market forces that also is an additional incentive for people to do the right thing. It's the, There's been so much demonization by the left against anything corporate. Of course, while they hand them money, you know, through their cylindro type operations on the side. But you know what I mean? They're, they love to hate the man. And so the, the, many Americans have come to just demonize and be so skeptical of what companies will bring forth. And I, I always remind people, hey, you don't you don't have to depend on the government to regulate you. If someone wants to stay in business and you f- want you to keep buying their product, they're not going to generally continue to throw you a bunch of nonsense out there. Oh, well, at any rate, finally, as we ask you, Zach, about the legal matters going on. The Supreme Court on Thursday partially blocked a New York state eviction ban. I know it really got the goat for a lot of conservatives, and we talked uh, a lot about it last week, about that. The, how can the CDC basically just ignore contract law, property rights from landlords? You know, this was ridiculous. Right. What's, where, where is the state of challenges to the CDC's extension of the eviction ban? Where are we now on that? Well, you know, the lawsuits are already being filed. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, Justice Brett Kavanaugh deserves a lot of the blame for what's going on right now. If you remember, the CDC had an initial eviction moratorium. It was scheduled to end at the end of July, and that was challenged in several courts around the country. And eventually, uh, a couple of those cases made their way up to the Supreme Court, and five of the justices uh, wrote that they thought the eviction moratorium was unlawful, that the CDC did not have the authority to enact that. Uh, But Justice Brett Kavanaugh uh, sided uh, with uh, several of the liberal justices and wrote that even though he thought the eviction ban was unlawful, uh, he would allow it to stay in place uh, through the end of July uh, so as not to cause too great a disruption. Well, obviously, the Biden administration saw that as a green light to go ahead and reenact uh, you know, the new CDC eviction moratorium, uh, which you know, is, is really – I think it's worth you know, just taking a minute and pausing and noting how – extraordinary this action was. You know, President Biden himself, uh, you know, basically said that he doesn't know that this is necessarily a constitutional action, but he's going to take it anyway, uh, just to buy more time 
uh, for the folks out there. So they so the government can have more time to distribute, you know, the aid dollars uh, that came through in the COVID relief package. Uh, and so essentially, we're we're back to square one in some respects. There are lawsuits being filed. They're working their way through the courts, and I suspect they'll eventually make their way back up to the Supreme Court, where I hope. Uh, Justice Kavanaugh has learned his lesson, uh, learned that, you know, the court shouldn't try to play politics. They shouldn't try to, you know, soften the blow of their decisions. They need to follow the law. And if the justices think something is unconstitutional or unlawful, uh, they need to say so and take appropriate action. And so I suspect this will make its way back up to the Supreme Court again, uh, where I am hopeful that the justices will you know, do their duty and find it unlawful, unconstitutional, and basically uh, say the government cannot enforce it any longer. Yeah, I know. To, to have the president of the United States look the camera in the eye and, and the American people and say, probably can't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. That that's that's it's extraordinary. A, that's a new version of tyranny. Right. I mean, you know. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, and then for for a Supreme Court justice who allegedly is supposed to have some right leanings. I mean, no wonder people lose confidence and, and are increasingly losing it in in longstanding and, and highly held you know institutions in our government. Right. I don't know how we get that right. back, Zach. Let me read from the Public Health Service Act that the CDC referred to under Section 361. The Public Health Service Act, the CDC is authorized, quote, to make and enforce such regulations which are necessary to prevent the introduction, transmission, or spread of communicable diseases from foreign countries into the states or possessions, or from one state or possession into any other state or possession. So is the CDC... Well, I think this would have been a great stand-up comedy bit somewhere for Colbert or someone to say, hey, it sounds like the CDC is saying that renters harbor... Uh, bed bugs, lice, uh, you know, whatever, communicable disease. And if we evict them, they're going to spread it across the land. I mean, where there's nothing in the Public Health Service Act that references anything about evictions. I, I This that, is well, astounding, look, Zach. Here's the thing that troubles me, Randy, is the, the terrible, terrible precedent uh, this sets, especially uh, with what appears to be the increasing politicization of the CDC. Yeah. And so if the CDC can take this type of extraordinary action, you know, to combat, you know, in the name of combating COVID, well, you know, we've already heard some from the CDC saying that they think, uh, you know, systemic racism uh, is a public health crisis. Now, I, mm-hmm, I you know, mm-hmm. disagree with them that, that we have a systemic racism problem in our country. Uh, but, you know, if the CDC folks believe that, then certainly, you know, based on this precedent, they could take extraordinary actions to combat that. We've heard some from the CDC say that, uh, you know, we have a gun crisis uh, in this country. And so, you know, what would prohibit the CDC from taking extraordinary action, trying to limit the scope of who or when or where folks mm-hmm. can, you know, possess firearms? Uh, you know, and so this just sets a very dangerous, a very bad precedent. And, you know, again, I'm very hopeful that this time when it works its way through the courts, the uh, the judges and certainly the Supreme Court justices will send a very clear unambiguous message that this is unconstitutional that it is unlawful and that the cdc you know can 
only take actions within its very limited statutory authority. Well, you know, and you're right. You wonder about the slippery slope. I I think we all saw the uh, the uh, was it the Australian prime minister or some public? I think it was prime minister, or maybe it was a public health official who said. When you go outside, well, you're not supposed to go outside, but if you have to go outside, don't talk with anyone. No conversation. Nope. Zip it. Zip it. Well, what's, I mean, I, I thought that's never going to happen in America. And I thought, well, wait a minute. What's to prevent the CDC? We've got cameras in every city and looking at everyone. What's to prevent them from putting a microphone? Uh, and if you go outside and you speak, then you might get, uh, you know, you might get censored or you might uh, have a misdemeanor. I don't know where we're going. I mean, it makes or- Orwell look like, a, uh, you know, Orwell's 1984 look like a, a libertarian society. What's going on in ours? You know, it's unbelievable. Well, it? I don't know. And I think he goes to a more fundamental issue, too, Randy. You know, we've increasingly Congress has increasingly allowed uh, regulatory agencies to take actions to essentially make laws in you know entire areas that the founding fathers never envisioned uh, that, you know, unelected executive branch bureaucrats essentially, you know, would be would be regulating in these areas. And so I think it's very important for Congress to get back into the business of doing their job, you know, passing laws that they think are appropriate and not passing the buck uh, to these, you know, unelected bureaucrats in the executive branch. You know, if Congress takes an unpopular action, uh, which, you know, they they have many times, especially recently, (laughs) you know, they need to it's important for voters to know that Congress is taking that action and the voters can respond accordingly. And again, not to pass the buck off, you know, to, to someone else. I don't know. It's it's frightening to see what's going on. And I really appreciate you unpacking these very complex legal issues and making it so digestible for us. So Zach Smith from Heritage, thank you so very, very much and hope you have a great weekend. And uh, hopefully when you do go outside, you can have a conversation, at least as long as we're allowed to. <laughs> I hope so. All Thanks right. for having me on. Randy. Thank you, Take Zach. Care. Take care. There he is, Zach Smith, uh, at TZ Smith uh, from Heritage. And uh, he actually wrote a recent piece on uh, Gascon, the uh, the prosecutor out in L.A. His numbers are plummeting. His poll numbers are plummeting. And uh, you might want to log on to the Heritage uh, site there, heritage.org, and read that. Because uh, I think across the land, people are realizing that law and order has uh, lost its rudder. And people want it restored in their community so that they can feel safe and their family can go out and play. Whether it's in the street, the park, <laughs> heck, just reside in your humble abode and not get attacked. I'm Tobler. It's uh, 16 till the hour. Wow, it's rolling around fast this morning. It's my 40th anniversary, and I'm going to tell my love happy anniversary. And I'll be back at uh, 9.15, honey, and I don't know. Then we're going to head out on vacation, and we'll see what happens, because we're going to head down south, and I don't know what's going to happen. Will we have to have our card or not? Next question for you all, 314-912-1019, Will you patronize a restaurant, a business, or some other place that asks for your card? Show me some paper. Let me know. Give me a buzz. We'll be right back. Welcome home, ladies and gentlemen. If you uh, are back in the stable, back in the family, thanks for being here. Tell your friends and family that uh, used to listen to the three-hour show when it was a three-hour show before it got whittled down. We're back. We're back. And you can hear us in so many ways. 1019, of course, 941, big booming signal up uh, out west, northwest, and beyond, and north, all the way just to almost Hannibal land, and it's a great, great big signal. 
991 HD3. And of course, I think more and more people are streaming or listening on apps. You now have an option if you have an Android phone to get on the Google Play and uh, download the app. You can go to our NewstalkSTL.com site, and right up there in the upper right corner is the Google Play uh, button. You hit that, and it'll download it. And we understand that we're waiting for um, something from uh, Southern California and Apple. I don't know. It takes a while with Apple. Yeah. You know, but it will happen. It's more of that control. It's control from above. Watch it. But anyway, that'll happen. And uh, I like to stream myself. I, I stream it. I have a I have an iPhone, so I'm waiting for the app. But that'll be coming very, very shortly. And, uh, of course, on your Alexa. It's an Alexa skill, so you can do that there. On Facebook at News Talk STL and Twitter at News Talk STL. And all the schedules are there. It's a great, great lineup. And remember, uh, this, this station is so unique in the fact, well, it's unique. I guess it's a back to the future, right? Because it's, uh, <laughs> it's basically uh, doing what was so successful for so long. And that's, that's right. emphasizing live and local radio, right? And that's, um, I don't know, for those of you who, to me, it's it's just magic, live and local radio. For my money, we have the best staff yes, in St. Louis. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to be a part of this. Also, 314-912-1019 is the phone lines where yep. you can give us a call. And there's Max and uh, Max Foise, who uh, will be filling us in from time to time on uh, on what movies, you know, we might want to fill in and watch and see, because um, I need to be brought up to speed on that. I don't watch a lot of movies, but my wife and I have uh, committed to trying to do maybe a movie a week. Now. There you go. Yeah. How many movies slow. do you watch a week? Eight, maybe. Really? Yeah, seven, uh-huh. eight, nine, maybe. Where are movies? Where are movies going? Is the big screen going to come back, or is it is it a dying dying genre? No, I, I think that uh, I talked a bit about this on the TCT. I think that people have been uh, saying that movies were going to die, you know, once uh, television came out and yeah. then once you know once home theaters got better. But no, people love the communal feeling of yeah. of going to see a comedy and laughing with people, or going to see a horror film and being frightened with people. You can never replicate no. that, no matter how good your home system is. It's not going to look and sound the same, and you're not going to have a hundred strangers in the room with you having that same feeling before covid that last avengers movie made like three billion dollars so movie theaters are fine we just have to get past the pandemic and i've tried but i cannot replicate that artery clogging uh, butter that they put on the popcorn i just can't do it i don't know (laughs) all right well now i haven't talked to this guy for a while but it's time that we reintroduce you welcome home old rick how you doing rick welcome to the program Hey, good morning. Uh, are we connected? We are connected. Where are you calling from, old Rick? Oh, well, I'm I'm back here in America. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, a couple of counties or so away. But anyway, uh, I've been, uh, I should have started this a week ago on that because I uh, ran into a lot of complications. And like last night, when I got home after dark, I checked the email and nothing showing up from you and then as i was finishing before bed i noticed in the junk mail oh there it is and that so i don't know why i wanted to call yours junk but well wait a minute rick oh you're hurting me there now i was out with (laughs) i was out with my bride celebrating today is our 40th anniversary and we got married when we were 10 and um and so we were uh we were young 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 um, newlyweds but so I, I wasn't getting into the mail, but I did after after I got home and then early this morning, I was checking the mail. It was good to hear. Now, you have an experience abroad as a civilian contractor. Tell us what you know. Uh, I've only got a couple minutes here, but what do you know about what's going on in Afghanistan? What are you hearing from your friends on the ground there? <laughs> Very little as of yet. I, uh, I would have called them, but I've been so 
busy at this morning because I figured when I call them, I would uh, call be wanting to have you or somebody else on the line too to uh, find out also. That. But the picture that I'm getting ain't good. How do you feel and, about uh, what? Well, well, when you have talked to them, I mean, certainly you've been in contact with sure. with veterans who have been there, perhaps people that are on the ground there. How are they reacting to this pullout that was pre pre announced? Uh, Biden said, "Oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be Saigon version 2.0." Um, that's what's being reported. I mean, uh, the Talib, the Tal. I, oh, I almost said it. Taliban. Taliban. Uh, the Taliban ha- has uh, pretty much taken over most of the country. At least much more than fifty percent. They've taken over Kandahar, and they're uh, now what? What within thirty miles of Kabul? And that was last evening. So what's going to happen yeah. over there? Yeah, yeah. Everybody figures. Yeah, we needed to go ahead and uh, get it. Uh, things kind of. Uh, oh. I don't want to say shut down, but they knew that we had to change what we were doing there and uh, try to get it in a way to where we could have maybe been able to get the home country there to take over for us and uh, work it more gradually in that instead of just all of a sudden yanking us out. I've heard a lot of our veterans really lament the fact that they feel like they feel viscerally. Um, How you doing? They feel viscerally oh. bad. They, Okay. Just doing the radio show. Oh, yeah. Okay. I hope you. <laughs> I hope you're okay, Rick. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I, 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 boy, I don't know what to say. I, I, are you in like, combat there? I feel like that, that that was a police officer or something. <laughs> are you being oh, pulled I over, I'd sir? I never have to end up in combat at church. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Saturday? Are you at Saturday morning? Go to meeting? No, no. My internet wasn't working good enough, and I uh, the church. <laughs> Uh, had better internet than that. So. Oh, okay. Well, we're glad anyway, that you're... Anyway, that's where I'm at to try to hook up in that. And I'm going to try try this here to see if I... Okay. Well, listen, we gotta, we've got to run, old Rick, uh, but thanks for being with us. And there he is, old <laughs> Rick, <laughs> who lost... Well, a... I can't wait to talk to him again. No, I, I know. You never know. It's like a box of chocolates when old Rick calls. You never know what you're going to get. At any rate, uh, he is a patriot, and he I know he sent me along the way. Through the years, Rick has told me about veterans who have uh, fallen, uh, elderly veterans who have fallen, and, uh, you know, he honors them, and I, I, can't, uh, I can't say how much I respect that. So, hey, that wraps up the second hour. One more to go, and uh, where has the time gone? Well, guess who's joining us at the top of the hour? A man who has very little to say when we talk about things about about patriotism and liberty. I'm just kidding. It's Nick Schroer, who, of course, will join us. I always love talking to Nick. And, of course, he is one of the hosts here on the station as well. Nick Schroer joins us after the top of the hour. And Jim Tallon to help us unpack Afghanistan. And Scott Linkacomb about what's uh, happening in the infrastructure underbelly. Lots coming up in the last hour of the Tobler Show. Don't go anywhere.